know, I feel like the anointing in this place tonight is going to destroy yokes. And I'd even encourage you, while that, that residual, that anointing is residing, just take a hold of it now by faith. I was taught very early that whenever I felt the anointing, if I felt the presence of God to expect something in that moment, it didn't matter where I was. Not, you don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on you. Oh, it's kind of warm up here. You don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on you or for a prayer line. Like in that moment, ex- expect. Oh, here she is. Honestly, she reads my thoughts just at the right moment. There she is. Actually, Shannon, I was thinking of you today. And, you know, I know by information, it's really good for a prophet to reveal what they already know. Okay. So I know by information, because you told me that you're a teacher, but I can see Romans 12, gift of leadership on your life. And I'm going to prophesy right now, promotion. I can see promotion. I can see a time coming when you will have a position of authority, not just in a school, but in an education system. And so God's getting you ready. This is the day of small beginnings. And you're doing it because you love kids, because you love to teach. But I actually see God has got a bigger plan, even than what you imagine. And so get ready. Start to dream big. Don't reject when those big dreams come. Because I, be, I believe they're of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Show her some love, right? That's what it's about. You know, I'm not dependent. It's nice. It's nice. You know, it builds an atmosphere of encouragement. But always show the person some love when, when they're getting ministered to. And I was thinking, if you had have got me 25 years ago, I was still on my pee plates back then. You know, like, I don't know if you have that. Do you have that system here in New Zealand? Oh, well, we have L plates. And once you've got your driver's license, you're on P plates. And now they've got two levels of P. So there's the, the, the red P's first and then the green P's. So it's like they've got two years of probationary driving, right? So what I'm saying is I was still a novice back in the... So, you know, you're getting me a bit more mature, hopefully a bit more secure. But uh, so anyway, here we go. The message tonight is called The Two Shakings. The Two Shakings. And I'm believing that the Lord is going to give you some divine perspective for some of the things that we are going through collectively and maybe for you as well tonight personally. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for this moment and that you are here in the midst. Lord, I pray that tonight... That your people would not hear the voice of a woman, woman, but they would hear from heaven. And Lord, I pray, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer. Lord, lead it which way that you would choose for it to go. And I pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here tonight on earth as it is in heaven. I prophesy, Lord, and open heaven. And I thank you for open hearts. Because together, Lord, that makes a powerful combination. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way and have your say. In Jesus' name, amen. I had a vision last September. And I was sharing in the elective today that I've had more visions in the last couple of years than my entire Christian walk combined. I have historically heard the Lord primarily through what I would call hearing and feeling, sensing. So when I say hearing, I'm not hearing audible voices, but it's, it's thought. It's thought, but it's thought that is clear, is clear and, and thought 
that I have learnt doesn't originate with me. So just a little moment of training in the meantime, and I might eventually need a little bit of house lights up. It's nice and atmospheric, and, but I can't really see people's faces, and I like, you know, just as handy. Thank you, that's a bit better. To do what I do helps to see people. <laughs> say I'm good, but I'm not that good that I can kind of do it in the dark, right? <laughs> that's true. And so Hebrews 5.14 says that we learn to distinguish the difference between good and evil by reason of use. So it's just simply by practice that we learn what's God and what's not. So I've learned over time when a thought is most likely a God thought. And one of my criteria is, gee, if it's smarter than me, it's probably from God. Right? People get caught up in this double-minded, oh, is that God? Is that, is that you? Is that me? It makes me laugh. You're praying for months, God, speak. God, I need to know your will. I need direction. And then he speaks. And then you go through this, oh, is that you? Or is that me? Is that you? Is that me? Listen, you couldn't come up with anything for the last couple of months. So finally you get something. Some of you give yourselves far too much credit. And so... I have primarily learnt, sort of uh, identified, recognised the voice of God through like that thought or through what I've sensed and felt. But I tell you what, since 2017, I've just been having a lot of uh, vision. And I'm not talking about just the picture I get for myself. I mean like stuff for the church, you know, like quite big things. And... (laughs) This vision I had last September was of this. So it was a picture. Picture, if 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 you would, a, a table, right? A table, dining table, uh, round, intimate dinner for two at that table. So there's a couple sitting there, and there's a white tablecloth over that table. And in this vision, the Lord Jesus walked in to the vision, and he was dressed like a waiter, and he reminded me of some of the waiters in very highbrow restaurants in Europe where, you know, they wear white kind of waistcoats and white suit jackets. And he came in and he inspected the table. And this couple were sitting there enjoying themselves, but it it was a bit of a mess. Like there were crumbs and there was residue from the course that they had just eaten. And the Lord Jesus comes and he takes the tablecloth and he does this. He shakes it out and then he restores the tablecloth to the table and then he was happy. He said, ready for the next course. I felt like he was saying to me, Vicky, the shaking that's taking place on the face of the earth, the shaking that's taking place in my church, the Shaking that's taking life, taking place in people's lives is in order to shake off that which is no longer required and get you ready for the next course. So I want to get, for us to get a God perspective on the shaking. I'm going to start with the first shaking. The first shaking is the God shaking. And the God shaking is when he does the shaking. He initiates the shaking. Let's read Hebrews 11, 25 to 28. It says, see to it, 
that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. His voice shook the earth. We have this idea of God only speaking in whispers. The still, small voice of God. That's only one volume that he speaks at. He speaks whisper, he speaks shout, and everything in between. His voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more I will shake, not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So he is the God of the shaking. It's a consistent theme throughout Scripture. Old Testament and New Testament, by the way. And and so we of all people should not be perplexed, should not be thrown into a tailspin when the shaking takes place. And the purpose of the shaking, there is a purpose, a strategic purpose for the shakings of God. And it is this, the the removing of what is created so what cannot be shaken will remain. So it helps to ask yourself in times of shaking, well, ask the Lord, In times of shaking, God, what are you removing? What are you removing? I mean, if I can be honest, COVID lockdowns, it shook me to the core. Everything in our lives was turned on its head. So both my husband, Damien, and myself, we both worked for ourselves. And so we didn't have the – like some of my friends – they continued to get paid during those lockdowns. Some of my friends just continued to work. It didn't affect them in the slightest. Those who were in essential services or teaching, you know, it looked a little different, but their income wasn't affected. We lost 100% of our income overnight. And to be honest, if it wasn't for my senior pastor at the time, Pastor Phil Pringle, he within hours, within hours had organised support for Damien and I for <sighs> rang up, we're covering your rent for the next month. We'll see to it that you're going to be okay. But there were still other aspects of our lives that were just shake. When the border, the hard border around our nation, when people were having to rush back to our country because if they did not get back home and, um, before a certain date, they were going to be shut out and people were. That, that, I thought that was so unjust. But when they actually shut borders in between our states and I was no longer able to travel to see my family, see my old mum in Western Australia, that shook me. My, the anxiety attacks I started to have was like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. 
You've got to also bear in mind, I've traveled for 30 years. Even before I was in ministry, I just worked to save up to travel. Yeah, I was a backpacker from the time of 19. I've always loved traveling, different cultures. It was the most time my husband and I had spent together in our entire marriage. I'm happy to say we actually enjoyed each other's company. And <laughs> that was actually it was good news. But I was shaken. And maybe you too were shaken in ways people had incredible loss in that season. And maybe you're still being shaken. I mean, the economy. I got a shock when I saw how much you guys pay for fuel. I couldn't believe it. Did you, John? Man. It's like, my goodness me. I mean, the shakings continue and they will continue. And shakings have a purpose. I want to look at some case studies from the Word of God in shaking. Acts 4.31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Let me tell you about this particular instance. The context is the early disciples were experiencing persecution. I mean, I think it was, uh, was it Peter and James who had seen a lame man healed at the temple gate? And religious officials were very upset that this man who had been Lame, unable to walk, paralyzed all his life, was now able to stand on his feet and, and, and walk. You'd think they'd be excited. But no, they weren't. And they, among other things, had told them you can no longer preach in the name of Jesus. And so when they had returned and told the fellow disciples what was going on and what they were going through, their first reaction was to pray. And it was in... This prayer meeting, this in Acts chapter 4, it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Just maybe sometimes the shaking is in response to our prayers. You're praying for a breakthrough. You want a breaking, you get a shaking. And I can't help but think that some of the shaking we've been going through is actually not just the devil running loose on the face of the earth. It's not some political party who's got some particular hidden evil agenda. I believe the Lord Jesus has got a hold of the tablecloth. And in answer to our prayers for breakthrough, for change, transformation, in order for uh, to see souls and revival take place on the face of the earth, that he has grabbed that cloth and he is shaking. He is shaking. And there was good, there was some good that came out of this shaking. Now, this is the thing. Never feels like it at the time. Never feels like it at the time that it's working for good. And I imagine these disciples in this room, and, and they were shaken. They probably shook them up in more ways than one. What's going on? This is what went on. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I declare tonight, first the shaking, then the outpouring. First the shaking, then the outpouring. 
So the shaking's taking place. And then the next thing that happened was they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled and spoke the word of God boldly. So shaking, outpouring boldness. Shaking, outpouring. God is breaking intimidation off his people. And they were all filled with boldness. You see, the outpouring is for mission. The outpouring is for a purpose. And at Easter, the Lord gave me three words. I saw them in front of my eyes. It went revival, revelation, reformation. And I felt the Lord say, just like in Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. That there's coming a move. Actually, I would say it started. It's already started. In our nation, it's definitely started. Would you agree, Pastor John? Like there's, you can feel, you can feel a moving of the spirit, a crackling of the fire. There's something that's shifting. And revival, an outpouring of God's spirit, what it does is it breaks up the hard ground of the heart. Revival is all about the heart. Revival is not an end in itself. Revival accomplishes a strategic purpose of God. And it breaks up the hard hearts and repositions our heart, draws it back to first love for Jesus. And then the second word I got was revelation. And I heard like a cascading waterfall that this sound of revelation being unleashed on the earth. Like there's a, there is revelation coming. Stuff we've never seen before, heard before. Like we'll be looking, we'll be reading the word of God and there will be insight into scriptures that have been there all along. And we will be corrected by God. Our understanding that we thought we understood something. He's going to show us that we didn't understand it at all. All through history, there have been different seasons where a new revelation or a revelation has been restored that has been lost. And that's like the seed, right? The seed going into the heart. And then thirdly, reformation. And reformation, things are reformed. I see the church, the church becoming something so beautiful, something Unique, something we have not seen before. Do not think, says the Lord, that the future is going to look like the past. For behold, I am doing a new thing. Will you not be aware of it? Will you not? I'm, I'm here to help you be aware of it. I'm here to help you perceive it, to release spiritual perception, to see what you cannot see with your natural eyes. And as that, the, as we we act on the revelation, as we are obedient to the word that comes, the apostolic teaching, the revelation, as we are obedient, as we maybe admit that we were wrong, that at times we were wrong, and maybe there are things that have been preference that we've called sacred. And as we yield to what God is showing us, as a result, a reformation takes place. I was reminded recently of Martin Luther. Remember Martin Luther? He was a Catholic priest who got a revelation of the just shall live by faith. He's the father of the Protestant Reformation. So he sees a scripture that has always been there. And he's like, the just shall live by faith, just faith. Now, back in the day, in his era, people got to heaven by doing a whole lot of works or by paying the church. 
And he's like, no, no, no. He got a revelation of salvation. It's by faith. It's by grace we are saved, right? Through faith, not of ourselves. Lest any man should boast. And what he did is he wrote. He wrote down, there was it 95, 97, 95 theses. So 95. So these convictions that he had. And he went and he hammered a nail. He hammered a nail, right, into this list, list of his, his convictions, challenging the Catholic Church, and he hammered it into the church door. I see people here tonight, and God's putting a hammer, oh, putting a hammer in your hand, and you're going to, you're going to be someone who nails your colours to the mast. You're going to be someone who who boldly stands in the highways and the byways and in the community and in the church. There'll be ones and you will have a conviction and God is going to cause you to drive that message home. He's going to use you to pioneer something. He's saying to you to, to hammer that nail in. At the moment, you're a bit intimidated, but hammer that nail into the door. Actually, I believe, Pastor Alan, Alan, you, God is putting hammers in your hands. And there have been convictions bubbling away under the surface that you have been incubating and that you have been considering for a number of years. It's not in you. It's been some years, things that you've questioned, things you've been praying about. I hear the Lord saying that a time is coming and you both, I see the trumpet to your mouth. And you're going to declare some things, some revelation. You're going to be known for a particular revelation that is going to set pastors free, that is going to set churches free. I'm reminded of the Great Commission to go into all the world. And, and, and go, I, I just see the word go in these huge letters. And you are going to in, enable churches to, to facilitate that Great Commission like never, ever before. I hear the Lord say, don't hold back. Don't, don't, don't be afraid that you would be the first. Because don't wait for anybody else to say it. Because you're going to be the first, says the Lord. You're going to be the first to make the declaration. I'd love you to stand actually right now. Because I, I, I see the Lord putting, putting like uh, cloaks on you, new cloaks of authority. And, 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 and I hear him saying that for this, for this cause have I called you. For this purpose have I anointed you. And yes, you shall continue to pastor the local church. But there's coming a broader apostolic mandate, says the Lord. And that voice is going to go far afield. But it's going to set pastors free. Come here. I wish I could jump down. It's probably just a little bit high for, high for me. But So, Father, I'm going to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God. Apostolic revelation that's going to bring about a reformation, even in the land, Father, in the nation of New Zealand. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the prophetic voice, Father God. I release the prophet right now in Jesus' name in Pastor Eleanor. And I thank you, Father God. Oh, God, enterprise. Enterprise that's coming, says the Lord. Enterprise that's going to make 
make a difference, not just in the church, but in the community. I see a training center that's going to train up young people and it's training them up like for vocation. It's bringing, I see ones who've been in prison. I see ones who've got no opportunity and I just see like a vocational center that's going to be raised up in order to equip and change the community. You are going to be a part, says the Lord, of seeing the fortunes, of seeing the prosperity of this city going from one direction into another. For the Lord says that poverty and hopelessness and despair is trying to take a grip of your city. But God says, I have called you, son and daughter, to be ones who would raise up enterprise, enterprise, kingdom enterprise. There are going to be other fivefold ministry gifts raised up and sent out in this church. They're going to go and they're going to establish other enterprises. And it's not just as the Lord to bring in kingdom finance, but it's going to be an establishment of my kingdom in all areas of society. So Father, the vision is getting bigger, says the Lord. The vision is getting bigger, says the Lord. So I thank you, Father, for a fresh anointing, Lord God, a fresh anointing. I see blueprints, blueprints, blueprints. I'm, I'm seeing uh, like um, architectural uh, plans, like, like did you know, like uh, 3D, um, 3D plans. I thank you, renders. Like, I thank you, Lord. It's going to be continual, continual. You're going to have, there's going to come a time. You're going to have people on your team who are specifically dedicated to enterprise. Ho, 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 ho. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, show your pastors some love. Thank you, Lord. Ho, rabababa. Ho, ho, kamashanda rabahaya. Ho, rabrenda rabahaya. Ho, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I could just see like a wheel with different spokes. You know, it's like a, you know, a, a, a bicycle wheel, you know, and different spokes coming out of the center. And I see these spokes representing like different, going into different areas in society. And there are ones in this church. And I just see, you know, different areas, different, different uh, Areas of, of, of authority, gateways, gateways in the city. And there's ones here tonight and you have not felt like you fit and you felt like square pegs and round holes and you come to church, but you don't know where your function is. And the Lord says that, you, he, that you're going to fit and function. You're going to fit and function. It's that one of the spokes is the, is, is the house, one of the spokes, but I'm seeing at least six other spokes. There's one of education. There's, there's one of financial institutions, economy. There's government, political stuff. There's sport, the sporting arena, education. I don't know if I already said that, but there's all, all sorts of areas. And some of you, you're looking, you're thinking, is this all there is? Is this it? And the Lord says, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen li- He's taking the handbrake off. He's, he's taking the sheep off the leash. Sheep were never meant to wear leashes. The leash is off. 
the leash is off. And I'm seeing some of you, you're walking around, you've got a leash around your neck, but no one's holding it. No one's holding it. Which be encouraged, pastors, because I go to some church and I can see them holding. Some of you, it's time. It's time to step out. It's time to do something different. Start share that vision that you've got, that burden that you have. There's someone here, you're going to do something very significant in the area of, of, of uh, ministering to victims of domestic violence. It's going to be a significant program in the city. Somebody else here, you're going to do something significant in the area of, of, of young, I'm seeing, I'm seeing really like young kids, homeless kids. Some, some, there's something that's going to change the way even social services is done. In, 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 in the community, God's going to use people here. I'm, I'm seeing, you've, you've got apostolic leaders, but I'm seeing apostles raising up who are going to pioneer and, and break through things in different parts of the society. Oh, come on, come on. I got the worship team return, please. I haven't even... Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So in response to their prayers, there was a shaking. There's another shaking. By the way, just so you know, those guys who just experienced the shaking in Acts 4, they're the same ones that got filled in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. You'd think you'd never need to be filled again. You'd think you've been there for the outpouring of all outpourings. You'd never, you'd never need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. I mean, mighty rushing wind, tongues of fire. And you know, two, two chapters later, two, two chapters later, just because you've been f- filled before doesn't mean you don't need to be filled again. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they've been put in prison for doing miracles. Actually, they saw a fortune teller. They got a fortune teller delivered. Set of, seen a set free. Mostly because she was driving them nuts. But nevertheless, ministered in the power of God. They end up getting thrown into prison. And here they are. They're in stocks and chains in the darkest, deepest part of the prison. And what do they do? They start singing praises to God. They start singing praises to God. And this is what happened as they sung praises to God. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Excuse me? There was such a violent earthquake. So we just saw in Acts chapter 4 that their prayers caused a shaking. And now we're seeing that praise and worship causes a shaking. That the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Don't, don't build it up too quick. On <laughs> Karma, karma. Anyway. <clears throat> so Paul and Silas are in prison singing worship songs. And it led to a shaking caused this monumental disruption 
It caused the, the foundations were so shaken. It, they broke up the bars of the prison broke open, the doors flung wide and all the prisoners escaped. They were were set free through the shaking. I believe this is a prophetic picture of the church. Structures that are holding us bound are getting shaken. Constructs that are unnecessary are getting pulled down. Because what happened as a result of this shaking in Acts 16 is that the jailer and his family were saved. The shaking led to freedom and led to salvation. I'm giving you a perspective, a perspective of what the shaking is all about. God is doing something. But now I'm coming to the second shaking. So the first shaking is when God does the shaking. But the second shaking is when we do the shaking. Oh, shakamahaya. There's a second shaking. There's a number of times in the Word of God where we called upon, where people are called upon to, to shake, to shake. In Luke 9 verse 5, if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. That's what Jesus told his disciples to do. If you go preaching somewhere and they don't receive you or your word, shake the dust off your feet. It's, it's, it's basically saying, oh, I, I wash my hands of them. That's basically what it means. There have been a few places, might I say, where I have shaken the dust off my feet. I won't name any names, but there have been a few places on the face of the earth where, man, it, is, it was so tough. I thought, no, nah, shake the dust. God wasn't shaking the dust off their feet. They had to shake the dust off their feet. I remember the Apostle Paul on the island of Malta. Remember the snake? comes up, latches on. He shook him off. Yeah, he shook the snake off. There's another another verse here I want to share with you. Isaiah 52 verse 2. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned Jerusalem. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned Jerusalem. This is the word of the prophet Isaiah to God's people. Jerusalem was called on to arise and shake off the dust because it was getting her ready for a more elevated and honourable honourable place. Now this word to shake, to shake, in the Hebrew is this word. I don't know if we prepared the, the screen. Na'ah. You know where I'm going. That's the Hebrew word used in this verse to shake. And it means to shake something so as to, so as to dislodge. An act or instance of getting rid of what is unpleasant, undesirable or unwanted. It means to shake out as a lion shakes out its mane. Na'ah. There are some things here tonight we need to say nah to. In a moment, we're going to engage in some shaking. There are a few areas I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about. There's some of you 
and it's just stuff that's hanging around like the crumbs on the table from a previous season. And God just wants you to shake it off. In the words of the prophet Taylor Swift, shake it off. Nah. Or maybe it's something that you know, you, an area that you have, you have not surrendered to the Lord. And it's kind of stuck to you now. Maybe it's some sort of habit or stronghold. Something. And we're about to engage in some prophetic action. Shake that off. But there's, there's one thing that the Lord showed me today. I haven't shared this anywhere else. Some of you need to shake off. It's, it's like who you were for a previous season. It's, I see people in between, in the in-between. So you know there's something new. You don't feel like who you were before. You feel like there's something new for you. But you haven't kind of totally shed the old skin, the old mantle, right? Sometimes, you know, the word mantle, it's a bit of an old-fashioned word, but it kind of represents the call of God, represents the anointing that we've been carrying, the, the, the wearing, the authority of the call. And I feel there are people right now who are kind of in between mantles, so you haven't totally shared who you've been, but the new isn't going to come until you have. And maybe you're too scared to let it go because you don't want to be standing there naked, spiritually speaking. Does that make sense? It's relevant to someone here tonight. And the shaking off is the shaking off of how you've done things, who you've been, and saying, Lord, I know that you want me to take this step of faith to receive the new, the new mantle, the fresh anointing. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand. I'm going to ask worship team to, to lead us in something that we, we, just bear in mind, we're about to shake it off. So nothing as Pastor John, I'm on the same page as him. Nothing too back foot or melancholy. But something that's going to activate some shaking. And so I'm opening up the altar for those of you, and you know that you need to na'ah. You need to na'ah. You need to shake off the old. You need to shake off something hanging around, something you know is in is, is in impeding and obstructing your future or maybe you need to shake off right shake off that mantle that what represents your ministry to this day shake it off in faith for what's going to come and so I give you a moment as we sing I'd love you to come and we're going to tell don't just work with me because I'm going to take you through some we're going to do this together. We're going to do this together, okay? God's just showing me there's a couple here and you've either been in ministry or 
uh, they, they, like, or you had, uh, you were heavily involved and something's happened and you, you, you've taken a big back step. And I see the Lord is calling you again. He's calling you again. You can continue to play a little bit. Just <laughs> Worship team's always over. Oh! <laughs> and but he wants you to shake off that offence. Shake off the hurt. He's going to do something. As you, There's somebody else here. And you've been through, again, I'm seeing like a, 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 a rejection, a, a very deep, painful rejection. But I believe as you come tonight, God's going to meet you. A shaking off of, of that assignment, a shaking off of that rejection, positioning yourself for your new day. For your new era. So let's just sing it one more time and then we're going to go through the steps. Right? Okay. Right to the back. Now, we're going to do a practice run. A practice run. Because what we're going to, we're going to, we're going to declare na'a. We're going to declare na'a. Not too late to be a part of this. There's still a few more people, I think, that could probably do with a shaking off. Shaking off, right? We're going to say na'a. We're going to say it at the top of our lungs. That's the first thing we're going to do. So let's give it a practice run. You can all join in, support, join your faith to these people in the front. So count of three, let's give it a go. One, two, three. Gee, that's not bad for first go. That's pretty good. We're going to do another. I think we could take it up a notch. Just right? Like, nah, really, really, really put your heart into it. Okay, one more practice. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, radio. Okay. So on the count of three, now I want you guys to work with me because we're going to go nah, and then I want you to physically, physically, yeah, shake that thing off. That's it. That's it. Actually, Mr. Original Nomads, what's your name? Jonathan, you know what? As you just did that then, I felt something shift. It's like you're ahead of the curve, mate. You've already, you've already you, I did, I, I, I felt and I, amen. And I felt something shift in your family. I saw a shift in family relationships. I saw something opening up for you, an opportunity. God says, open what no man can open. Behold, he has the key of David to open what no man can open and shut what no man can shut. Okay, come up here. Come up here, Jonathan. Yeah, onto the stage. Mamma mia, be careful. Whoa, Lord Jesus. 
Show him, show him, show him, show him what you did. You did something very simple. Oh. Ah. That's it. Some of you, you might need to like shake the mane because the issue is in your head. Yeah, I need to shake the mane. You don't have to do that, Jonathan. I should go back down. Oh, you did? <laughs> right, you need. And so we're going to go, nah, at the top of our life. Like, and I want you to picture it. I don't want you to be looking at me. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, between you and the Lord right now. Yeah, you know what you're out here for. You know what you're out here for. I want you to picture that thing. Might be more than one thing. That's all right. And as you, as you make your declaration of nah, then we're going to shake. We're going to shake. I still feel like there's a few of you standing out there, and you're going to need you're going to need to engage with this. Right? You're going to need to engage with this. So you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. On the count of three.
hands to heaven right now, Brea. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I saw that as you shook, something got unlocked, like the lock of a door, you know, like a padlock. As a padlock, you couldn't find the key. It's like you knew that this thing was shut, was bolted shut. But you knew, you knew God had the key. And I'm seeing Brea, he putting, ha, key, the key, the key. Key of wisdom. The Lord says you're going to have wisdom beyond your years. You're going to be known as one with the gift of wisdom. And I see a time coming. You're actually going to have wisdom in the area of finance. And I see you in years to come, like in a position of eldership and authority. And God's expanding you. You've been through some hard stuff. But God's been stretching you and enlarging you. He says the stretching has been for a making, not a breaking. And I see a desire, a dream in your heart to do something in particular for the Lord. And God says He's leading you and guiding you. He said the vision, the vision is being shaped and crafted. You're being shaped and crafted like the pot on the wheel, on the potter's wheel. And Father, where there's been sadness, Lord God, he's, ca- he's caught your tears. He's caught your tears. You've prayed with tears and he's caught them in his bottle. And I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, right now for filling Brea refresh. And you're unlocking, unlocking her. You're unlocking her. Oh, God, I call forth, Father, all that she's called to be. Oh, God, boldness in Jesus' name. I break intimidation in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, that she will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. Those that wait upon the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord, I thank you, Father God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sutcliffe's. What were your names again? Sorry. Ruth and Sean with a H. Let's lift your hands to heaven right now. I thank you, Father, for filling them afresh. And don't let anyone tell you it has to be either or. I see a great big and in capital letters over your, over your heads. And it will be more than one and. For there will be multiple ministries, multiple, multiple works for the Lord. Don't worry about your family, says the Lord. His arm is not so short that he cannot save. And I see prayers, Ruth, prayers, prayers. And I see them building momentum in the spirit realm. Sometimes it feels like the prayers have bounced off the ceiling. But God says not one prayer has missed its mark. You actually have an intercessory prophetic component to your calling. 
You're a very smart woman. But these prayers are building such momentum that a time will come that like dynamite, it's going to explode the hard places. It's going to explode the hard ground. It's going to break through so that let's like I'm reminded of, uh, of the mines, the mines in Western Australia and they, they, they use explosives to break up the hard ground in order to get the minerals, to get the gold, to get the ore. And even in the hardest places imaginable. And I see it's like there's, there's one situation and it's like, God, it's like any, I believe for anything, but that is just so hard. That looks impossible. What's impossible with man is possible with God. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the power of agreement in prayer with this too. I, I feel the Lord saying that that don't neglect that power of agreement. Don't neglect, like com- your combined faith is powerful, not just for the people you pastor, but for yourselves. Father, I pray for prayer partners for this couple. I pray, Father, for intercessors to be raised up to, to, to help cover them in prayer. I just feel like the measure of that spiritual support needs to be lifted, needs to go to another level. So I thank you, Father, for activating and mobilising ones who are going to come alongside to pray, literally take away the list of your needs and be praying. And I see a new country opening up, a new country. And there's been resistance and there's been opposition and there's been no and then maybe, perhaps, looked hopeful, looked promising, delayed. But time's coming. And I see you actually being led in like, like a king, actually, Sean. Being led in like a king with authority, authority in this place. And they're going to be begging you to come, begging you to come. And ones that were proud and said, we have no need of you, they're going to say, please come. Please come. I'm seeing educational works. Now, I know by information a little bit of what they, but to be honest, I've forgotten most of it. I remember water. I remember something to do with water. But I just see um, works of education, of education going across different nations. And a new strategy, says the Lord. A new strategy. You're going to do more with less. What would have taken years will take months. What would have taken months will take weeks. What would have taken weeks will take will take days. Acceleration. I prophesy divine acceleration, Father God, over this couple, huh? Right now. Oh, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Sister worship leader. What's your name again? Donna. Donna, come forward here. Now, Donna, you've been singing prophetically, but you've been singing what I call the song of the bride. So you've been singing prophetically to the Lord, right? But then there's the song of the bridegroom, right? That's what Jesus is singing over us. So I'm going to activate you tonight in that prophetic song. Show us some love. You're all all looking like, 
You're all, you're all, you're, can I just say you're all admitting you're afraid for her vibes. Now, now, I'll show you how it's done, right? If you haven't done it before, have you already done this before? Ah, yeah, you'll be right. Years ago, it was time to get bring it back. So it's just like I've been prophesying over individuals, right? I prophesied over beautiful sister here in song, but it's to the group, right? What's the Lord? What's the Lord saying? And it's you take a step of faith. I always just start by kind of like making a bit of melody. Right? And just believe it. Remember, it's always a temptation of a worship leader to be singing, to be singing up. Whereas at this time, it's the other direction. What's the Lord saying? Oh, I thank you, Lord. And then you just start to just make melody. And then it might just be one, one word. I'm not expecting the whole book of Song of Solomon, you know. It just could be one word, one thought. Okay? Okay? So, okay. Now, I want you guys to be expectant. Lift your hands to heaven. <laughs> 